Welcome to Get Godly With It, a podcast that will guide you into taking both of your feet out of the world and bringing them into the Word to help you live out the freedom of a biblical lifestyle and walk out the calling God has over your life. This is your host, Kathy Dooley. Let's get rolling and get godly with it. Hello, everybody. Welcome back or welcome to Get Godly With It. I'm so happy that y'all are here on a new week. I believe that this is episode 20, but it may actually just be episode 19. I'm gonna just check that real quick because I swear that this was supposed to be episode. This is episode 20. Oh my goodness, can you guys believe that we are already on episode 20? Like how did 20 weeks go by? I swear that I was literally recording my first podcast like yesterday. Okay, maybe not yesterday, but like literally last month. This is actually insane, but I'm just going to get in because you guys know I love to talk and I could probably talk us in for like 24 hours if I could, um, but then we'd be here all day and I feel like it just would not be a um, pleasant episode if it was literally me just rambling on about my life all day, all night, all long because there's purpose in this and it's to do with Jesus. So. I'm really excited for today's episode. Um, it's on. It's been on my heart all week. You know how I know that it's been on my heart all week? Because it's something that has actually been frustrating me all week. Some people have actually been coming up to me with certain situations. And we are imperfect beings. And I've been trying really hard to have grace over this specific situation. And like I pray about it. And I do have grace. And I respond gracefully. It's just times where in my mind I'm like are you really choosing God or are you gonna choose to live another way and I'm very um mindful and merciful I guess towards the fact that everybody has their own journey right some people rush right into their faith some people take a little bit longer to get acquainted with God and with Jesus other people are like okay I'm saved let's go I was one of those people that as soon as I saved I was like okay I'm gonna start preaching I'm gonna start talking about God on my social medias everybody in my life is gonna know that I love Jesus and I went all in I like removed everything that was not of him for my life um but as you guys know by my little parts of my testimony and my episodes um except for smoking cigarettes that took a little bit longer but let's first just um tell you guys where you could follow me so actually first if you can don't forget to subscribe to this podcast channel don't forget to download episodes it means so much to me and it gets me bumped up on podcast as well and it shows my um podcast podcast what do you call this my podcast yeah i guess just my podcast it's going to recommend it to more people if you guys download it if you guys subscribe to it and also don't forget to leave a review if you're on apple Podcasts, you can go all the way down and you could leave a review there and if you're on youtube subscribe and like this video and then comment something make me feel joyous by seeing your beautiful comment um and then you could also follow me at at Kathy Dvuli. You could follow me at Get Godly With It Podcast on Instagram. Those two are on Instagram. Or you could just 
like I said, subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Kathy Devolite. Nonetheless, let's talk about the good things going on this week. So I'm not gonna lie, this week has been a little bit harder. I think since 2022 came, it's just been very emotional year, a very emotional year. I feel like I've just been kind of like going through it quite a bit, to be honest. Like, like the situations are not like the worst thing in the world, but I feel that like they've been heavy on my heart and it's just been a lot of work that God has had to be doing in my heart to get over this and to get through this. But by God's grace, the good news that I'm going to say is that God has remained my first love through it all. God has remained my companion through it all. God has remained the person that I run to and complain to and cry to because that's his character. He's our good father and that's what he desires to do for us. He desires to take care of us and he desires to hold us and he desires to have us tell him what's going on in our hearts because he already knows when we're sad. He already knows when we're upset. He already knows when we're joyous, but he really, really, really wants us to come to him with that feeling or with that emotion because you know what like he wants to work through it with you and how does that look like that means that as you're going through the process of like healing as you're going through the process of getting through whatever it is you're getting through if you're looking for a new job or if you're just starting a new job or if you're starting school and you're doing tests he wants to be a part of that process, you know, he wants you to come to him and, and be like, God, I'm really struggling on this test, like, I just, I just need you, like, I need you to study, I need you to help me to retain information, I need you to help me to go into that test with confidence, or if, like, you're really heartbroken, it's just like, God, I'm really sad, my heart is broken, your word says that you're near to the brokenhearted, can you just give me your, um, healing give me your love, give me your compassion, give me your eyes for this, like, he wants to work through, everything you're going through with you um there's actually a verse that i was reading i think it was yesterday it says don't worry about anything but um pray pray about it and then give thanks to god i think it's in philippians yeah i believe it's in philippians um philippians 4 i think i believe so but I could be, I could be wrong, but that verse is just so true, like, pray about all things, if you're worried, go to him, if you're not worried, go to him anyways, because he wants to walk through everything with you, um, so let's get into this podcast, and if you do want to share your good news, comment it, sorry guys, I was drinking water, you guys know that I love to drink my water while I'm speaking, which is, is that weird, I feel like that's a little bit weird, but I just don't, I want you guys to feel as if you guys are literally like having coffee with me or like we're literally about to watch a movie together and then we talk too much that we can't even watch a movie. But um, if you're on YouTube, comment like a piece of good news. If you're on the podcast, go and DM me a piece of good news or just something. Let's just get the ball rolling of encouraging things going on in our lives. So let's talk about this week's episode, Friends with the World, Enemies with God. What I mean with this is you cannot be living in the world and, no, sorry, because we do live in the world. You cannot be of the world and friends with God. What does this mean? You cannot be living in constant sin and be with God because as you get closer to God's heart, and you begin spending more time with him and you start reading more of the Bible and you start worshiping more, you are getting closer to his heart and his heart starts to um, 
drench you in his love. His starts his heart starts to drench your heart with him. And so when you're getting close to him, it's like physically impossible to do impure things. It's physically impossible to do evil things and not feel the convictions of what you are doing. And so if you are living in a in like a life of constant sin 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 sin, then it's just it just shows you that you're not spending time with God. And I'm graceful towards the fact that it's hard to stop sin. I know it's hard to stop sin. I was living in the state of smoking cigarettes every single day for 10 months after I was saved. But every single time I picked up that cigarette, I prayed. Okay, not every time, most of the times I prayed. And I said, God, give me your heart for this. Give me your eyes for this. Help me to feel disgusted with this. Give me your feelings for this cancer stick that's in my mouth right now and so as you grow closer no before I even go there as I would smoke the cigarette I'm feeling like crap you know and when I would finish smoking the cigarette I was feeling like like poop you know and that's because God was changing my heart as I was spending more time with him and as I was bringing this to him I would be like God like this is an addiction I literally can't stop and but I want to stop it I desire to stop it because you desire for me to live um a life without smoking because I have a temple of the holy because I am a temple of the holy spirit and so I need to treat it as though it's holy and I need to treat it as though um the stuff I'm putting into it is good for me. And so imagine if you're like in a relationship, okay? And God forbid you cheat, you get cheated on or you cheat on your significant other, okay? And you're constantly walking on eggshells around them, hoping that they don't find out, right? Or you're on the edge with everything and you feel the weight of what you did on your shoulders. And why do you feel this way? Because you're in the relationship with someone and you know that you did something wrong but your heart loves them right i mean i don't know how much you love someone if you cheat on them but we have um we live in a sinful nature that's what i'm gonna say about that and um so let's say you spend every single day with this person and and you're in a relationship and you're so close with this person and then someone goes and they cheat and they're feeling so burdened by what they did and that's the same thing with god you after you go out living in the world when you've been so close to him and so close to his heart and so enveloped I don't know if that's a word enveloped by his heart it's hard to just go out and go live a life of partying again go live a life of sexual sin again go live a life of doing drugs the whole shebang because you feel it physically on your heart that you are doing something that's unholy and doing something that's wrong to the one who loves you and so as I say that, it's really important that you're spending time with God because it changes your heart. And when you change, when your heart becomes changed, it's not possible to, for you to live like the world lives. And therefore you are a friend of God. But if you are continuing to live in the world, my question is, are you really spending time with him? Are you really asking him to change your heart? And are you really, really in prayer about stopping that? So um, it's not the life, God calls us to this unholy impure life it's not the life that God had imagined for us it's not the life that God created us to have but because sin came we're living this life of drugs and alcohol and sex and 
lack of innocence, right? We have lost our innocence and because of sin, this is what happens. And so when you're not with God, you feel like you're doing the right things because everybody else in the world is doing it. But then when you're with God, you know it feels wrong. Psalm 1, 1 to 3 says, Oh, the joy of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So when you don't follow the advice of the wicked, when you don't follow the advice of the wicked, when they say, oh, come get drunk with me. Oh yeah, you're heartbroken. Let's go get drunk so you can fix that. Or or why don't you go sleep with someone else so that way you you can get over this person by getting under someone. Oh my gosh, I hear that one. I used to hear that one so much. Oh yeah, get over this person by getting under someone else. Oh, the worst advice in the world. But anyways, it says here that there will be joy for those who don't follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners so when you're doing this when you're following the advice of the wicked when you're living the life of the world there's no prosperity living this way yeah okay you might um receive an abundance of finance and and praise god for that and you might receive an abundance of friends who are living in the world and you might receive an abundance of affirmation from from people in the world but that's not the prosperity that we need because our eyes should be set on the heavenly things and so the prosperity that we need is the prosperity of the fruits of the holy spirit the prosperity of the giftings of the lord the prosperity of the love he gives you the prosperity of the peace he gives you and you will not have that living in this world there's no joy living this way and i know if if you guys are not Christian and you're listening saying, but I'm happy. Like my boyfriend makes me happy. Drinking makes me happy. Happiness only lasts like a day, two max. Joy is a heart posture that you live in. And so when I was living in the world, I thought I was joy. I thought I was living in joy, right? I thought I was joyful, but at the same time, I thought happiness and joyful were the same thing. And so I would lit, I would, I would leave my house. I'd go out drinking. I'd be happy. I'd get home. I'd be happy because I was so drunk, blah, blah, blah. But it's not joyous. It's not a joyous life. I was even at work when I used to work at the restaurant. And I remember one of the girls looking at me saying, Kathy is always happy. She's literally always happy. Like there's just, she's just always excited. That's because I have the joy of the Lord living in me. I could feel happy despite alcohol. I could feel happy despite weed. I can feel happy despite having um, a husband or a boyfriend. I could be happy despite having this external things because my joy is found in the Lord. And then here I wrote, but living in the ways of the Lord will ensure you will be like a tree planted along a river bank bearing fruit in each season. So when a tree is planted a- along a river bank, they have the water constantly coming in in every season because it's planted along a river bank. So as they're being hydrated, these trees are constantly blossoming fruits, right? They're constantly blossoming um apples or oranges, whatever. I don't even think are oranges on trees. I think I believe they're on trees. I don't know for a second I thought that they come from like um bushes i guys 
I'm so sorry. This probably sounds so bad, but it's okay. Let's keep going. And so what they mean, what this represents, this tree represents, it represents us, right? And so we would be planted along a river branch and the and the water that we're receiving is the fuel of the Holy Spirit, right? And we would be bearing fruit in each season. So that means we would be bearing joy in each season, um, peace in each season, patience, gentleness, kindness, all the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And it wouldn't matter if you're in a season of stress or if you're in a season of, of uncomfortability. It wouldn't matter if you're in a season of losing a job or you're in a season of, of someone just passed away in your life. It wouldn't matter. You're going to be bearing these seasons because you're like a tree planted in you're like a tree planted along a river branch because you're living in the ways of the Lord. Whereas in the world, if you get broken up with, if you, um, let's just leave it at that example, you end up so exhausted and so sad and so tired and i'm not saying that christians don't feel sad but they can walk in sadness uh sorry they can walk in joy in that sadness because they're living in the way of the lord and they know that it's the lord that took it away and so some people say that i just can't stop i just can't stop saying sinning i just can't stop going out and partying i just can't stop having sex Guys, I know that dying to our flesh is so hard. I know that it's so hard. I used to gossip every single day. Well, multiple times a day. But I have a podcast episode on my like healing through gossiping. And it's hard every single day now not to talk about other people. It's hard every single day now not to say something that I see in someone and bring it up to a friend or something and be like, oh, did you see what that person did? Oh, this person told me that. It's hard for me, but I do it. I've taken it to God and I walk it out with him. And so when I fall, I go right back to God and I say, God, I'm sorry, we start again tomorrow. But my heart is like, I want to be holy and pure for the Lord. And I'm not saying I'm perfect. There's no way I'm perfect. I have stumbled. I have fallen. There's so many times I fall. But um, it's really about your desire to be purified and to be sanctified and to walk in holiness and to change because i hear people saying oh i want to stop but i can't stop because i don't really want to stop and and this is the thing god actually knows when you're praying the desires of your heart and so if you're praying saying god help me to stop but your desire is no i'm still gonna go out on saturday you might as well have not even prayed because god already sees that you're like oh they actually don't care Because low-key, you're praying, God, change me, but yet you already made a plan right before you sat down to pray that you're going clubbing on Saturday or that you're meeting up with that guy right after you pray. And so it's really a heart transformation. Like, okay, I used to have really bad bitterness for this person and I didn't want to change. And so I told God, give me the desire to desire to forgive this person. Because if I just say, give me the desire to forgive this person, God can give me the desire, but I want to desire to desire to forgive the person. I want to go the step above and beyond because if I don't desire to desire to forgive the person, then when I pray asking to forgive the person, I don't actually have the desire to forgive the person. Does that make sense? And so when we're living in this life of constant sinning and just not even like, 
caring that much to be like okay god like change me or you're praying and like i was just saying you're not actually having the desire to change like it's really hurting god and so this is why it says that you that when you are what did i write friends with the world your enemies with god because you're living in a constant state of hurting him I would sure hope that my friends or the friends that I choose are not people who are coming to me every single day and hurting me. Of course, people hurt each other. We're not perfect. But can you imagine my friend comes to me and be like, hey, I'm not going to, I don't know, what's a good example? I'm not going to tell your secret. They say that to me. But then they go and they, they share with everybody they can my secret. It's like, that hurt me. How are you my friend if you're continuously telling people my secrets? And that's the same thing with God. God has told you what he doesn't, what is not of him. Sexual impurity, rage. Um, It's okay to be angry, but like we can't go to sleep in anger and like we can't sin out of anger. But rage, slander, gossip, um, witchcraft, that stuff, if you're doing it, you're not a friend of God. Because you're hurting him. And nobody wants to be friends with someone that hurts them. When you have a friend and they're in tears, or they're even in a relationship and they're crying, doesn't your heart break? This is how your heart should break when you hurt God. If you're out there living in sin and, okay, let's say one time you fall into getting really, really, really drunk and you wake up and, and, what I'm saying when I mean your heart should hurt, I'm saying that when you wake up after being really, really, really drunk and knowing that you just kissed 10 people, I don't know, I'm exaggerating, but you know what I mean. I just want you guys to understand the point of what I'm saying. And and you wake up and you're like, God, I don't know why I did that and I'm so sorry. And it hurts you, not because of what you did, but because you know you hurt your father and you know you hurt the one that cares for you and you know you hurt the one that provides for you and if you're doing this constantly living in this sin and the next day you wake up and you don't even feel bad do you even know god do you even love god do you even desire to walk with him in matthew 7 21 to 23 it says and this is like really gonna call call us out it says not everyone who calls out to me lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven only those who actually do the will of my father in heaven will enter on judgment day many will say to me lord lord we prophesied in your name we cast out demons in your name and perform many miracles in your name but i will i will reply i never knew you get away from me you who broke god's law It says, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. It says, get away from me, you who break God's law. And again, I'm not saying that this is like, okay, you've stumbled today. I'm saying if you stumble and stumble and stumble and stumble and there is no desire to change. And if there's no desire to change, it's because you don't know God. You don't know why he calls you not to do those sins. You don't know why he desires for you to love other people, why he desires for you to love him above all else, because when you love him above all else, it hurts you to hurt other people and it hurts you to hurt him. 
If you continue living in sin, content in the sin, but not praying about it, not not feeling the weight of it, do you know God? Do you know him? Because I, I, I might even go up there and God might even be like to me, get away from me. I'm really hopeful that I know Jesus. I'm really hopeful that when I hear his voice, I think he's my, I think I'm hearing his voice and I pray that it really, really, really is his voice. I'm hopeful that when I go up there because of my intimacy with him, how I spend time with him, how I read the word, how I allow him to change my heart. And again, I'm not perfect. There is still so much brokenness in me. There is still so much God needs to change in me. But I take it to him. And I'm like, God, I don't want this. I struggled with jealousy. That jealousy still comes up. It still comes up sometimes. But I get into prayer and I'm like, God, it's back. And I don't want this. It's dirty. It's disgusting. And you see in Genesis how, I think it's Cain killed Abel. Or was it Abel killed Cain? I think Cain killed Abel because he was jealous. Jealousy kills. It's an awful sin. When I get jealous, I want to hurt people. And so I need to take that to God. Daily picking up my cross and dying to my flesh. So do you know God? If you're drinking every single night or every Saturday getting sway, shwasty as I used to say it. Do you go to God and say, what is your heart behind this? Why do you call us not to get drunk? Seek God in it all. With the jealousy, I didn't like, how was I going to stop or even come to God with my jealousy if I didn't understand how it hurt him? But I took the time. I did a word search of the word jealousy. I saw how um, Cain killed Abel. I saw how it's um, unspiritual, how it's actually demonic. I saw how it, if... um, You have jealousy over someone. It's actually murder in their heart, murder in your heart. And then you start to be like, oh, that's bad. And your view of it and your heart of it starts to change because you're seeing God's heart on it. In James 4, 4, it says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy with God, an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They sat that God, they say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. That's a really heavy word, word, but it says twice. If you are friends with the world, you're an enemy of God. And what's crazy, it says, you make yourself an enemy of God. A lot of people will say, oh, like, I don't feel God's presence, so I'm going to go sin. Or I'm sinning and God doesn't love me. And so I I actually don't even know an example to use for this, but you make yourself an enemy of God. He doesn't make you an enemy of God. He gives you free will, yes. But when you choose... To be a friend of the world, you are choosing to be an enemy of God. And that's heavy. And it also says, God is passionate that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. He's passionate about it. There's a fire in him. 
There's a burning in him for us to be faithful to him. And he placed the spirit within us. Therefore, we need to be faithful to him. And like I said, this world is heavy. And I love what I wrote here. You want to know what else was heavy? The cross that Jesus carried for you. The whipping he took for you. The thorns in his head that he took for you. That was heavy. Us carrying the weight of if we of deciding between if we want to live for the world and God, that's not heavy. Our sin on God's shoulders was heavy. We cannot be friends with God and be friends with this world. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work for me to get wasted Saturday night and then go serve on my, at my church on Sunday, the social media saying, I love God. It doesn't work. And of course, like I said at the beginning of this episode, there is some people who are a little bit slower um, in their walk with God. Some are a little bit quicker. Like I said, I took 10 months to stop smoking cigarettes. I quit weed a day in, a month in. It's a process. And I know it's a sanctification process. But where is your heart? Are you smoking for 10 months after being saved? with the intention of ever even stopping? Or are you smoking saying, I love God? And in your mind, you're like, I'm never going to stop. I've heard so many times, guys. I love God. But I'm not going to give up smoking weed. I know that's something he doesn't need me to give up. What? Where? Where? Show me the scripture. Because what I know is that your your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. What I know is that God calls us to live righteously, live holy and pure lives. Show me your God, you know. But my God's the God of the Bible. And so we can't be friends with the world and be friends with God. It's one or the other. And I'm not saying this as like an ultimatum of like, you have to choose God or you're going to die. I mean, that's what the Bible says. But like, Do it because you love God, you know? Like, if you are not desiring to give God your all and to fully give Him your life and fully just acknowledge the life that He has for you, then go and spend time with Him. Go and tell Him, ask Him to reveal His love to you because it's so precious when you actively experience the move of God in your room or the move of God in your heart it's so precious when you're out and about and there's just this new love for people that you never had before God hates the things of this world and as you spend time with him so will you he hates the worship of idols he hates the music that's become popular now how it's all like rape and murder and drugs and 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 anger and let me go get with this person and then go get with that person and and just it's just awful music i try to listen to what i used to listen to now and i'm like this isn't even sound good like this is absolutely disgusting (sighs) why does god hate this stuff because it takes us away from him He wants to give us the best life. 
Getting drunk every Saturday and waking up hungover on Sunday and wasting your life away in bed is not the best life. Getting drunk on a Saturday and going to a club and getting men to buy you drinks is not the best life. Meeting someone at the club, I don't know why I keep referring to the club, maybe someone that's listening be going to the club way too much. If that's you, send me a DM, I'll pray for you. Um, he has the best life for you, like he has a family in the future for you, he has a husband, a wife for you, he has a career set for you. He has missionary trips for you. He has people that need to be saved by you. He has purpose for you. And you're not going to find that living in the world. He has so many things for us. He gives us hope. He gives us a future. He gives us peace. And these are such good things that you can't find in the world. And we want to give these things up for sin? For an hour of being drunk? For a night of pleasure? In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God does not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, to timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Spirit of power. Spirit of love. Spirit of self-discipline, but also in other versions, it's self-control. I can't sit here and determine for you if you're saved or not. Because that's only on Christ. I can't tell you you're going to heaven, you're not going to heaven. You're going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. But I can tell you who loves God by the way they live. I can tell you who has Jesus enthroned in their heart. I can tell you who has given up their life for Jesus. It says, I don't remember where this verse is, but I'm just remembering it now. So I know God wants me to say it. It says, they will be known by their fruits. I think it's about like false prophets. You're going to be known by your fruits. If you're not joyful, if you're not peaceful, if you're not patient, if you're not growing, do you have you given your life to Christ? Have you surrendered your life to Christ? I'm not saying we have to live these perfect and squeaky clean lives because that's insane. I don't even live that. Only Jesus could. We all fall short to the glory of God. But I'm saying that you have a part to play in your faith. I'm saying that you need to get close to God's heart, that you need to ask God for his eyes and heart and mind over these situations. And you need to die to yourself. And I know it's hard. But every day, if you're struggling with sexual sin, you wake up in the morning and say, God, I praise you, Jesus, because I have overcome sexual sin today. And you might fall that day, but you get up the next morning and you say again, God, I praise you, Jesus, because today I have overcome sexual sin. And a day will come where you overcome it. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now, take this opportunity to repent. There is always redemption, always. There's always forgiveness. There's always grace. Why? Because we don't live in the old covenant anymore. We live in the new covenant where Jesus died for our sins. God is always waiting for you to come to him with open arms. But you need to come with a sincere heart. 
You need to come with a heart that is like, okay, I need to be honest. God, I don't want to change. I don't want to move. I don't want to stop going clubbing. I don't want to stop having sex. But I want to want these things because that's what your word says we should want. Be honest. Guys, he really does not need these lies. He doesn't need these lies. He already knows. Sorry, that's my chair. He already knows your heart. He doesn't need for you to come to him and be like, hi, like, I'm sorry that I did this sin. If you're not sorry, he wants you to come to him and be like, I did this sin and I don't feel sorry. I don't feel bad about it. He wants to change your heart, but he needs your heart. And if you're hiding the actual feelings and if you're hiding what's what's on the deep layer of your heart, then you're lying. You're lying. If you come to God and you say, forgive me for doing this. I don't want to do it again. But low key in your heart, you're like, huh, I don't really care. Like you're fully lying to God and he sees it. So come. Come with such truthfulness in your heart. Even if you think that it's going to sound really bad. Honestly, a lot of the times I realize like how much I need Jesus because of how awful some things I tell God are. Like, I'm going to give an example. I'm not going to give an actual like thing, but like, you know, let's say you get mad at someone and then you're like, you're kind of God and you're being serious and you're like, God, I want to kick this person. I don't want this person receiving blessings. I don't want this person going to heaven. I don't know. I'm just like saying things. It sounds awful. When you hear it out loud, like your actual intentions, you realize, oh my gosh, I need Jesus. Like I really do need him because this sounds awful. But I promise you, he's going to change your heart in your honesty. So come to God. Be friends with God and not with the enemy because, uh, sorry, be friends with God and not with the world because the world is going to go away. Our bodies are going to go away. Our lives are going to go away. But our spirits are going to stay. They're going to go to heaven and they're going to be in new life with God with no pain, with no sin. Have the heavenly perspective on your life. Have the heavenly wisdom on your life. And be marked by God. Trust me, nothing is greater than being marked by God. Let's pray. Lord, I pray over this word. I pray that it truly transforms someone's heart. I pray, God, that they would come to you honestly, with deep reverence for who you are. May you grow the fear of the Lord in those who are listening, God, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Lord, I pray that if any listener listening to this is friends of the world, you would cut that chain and you would draw them close to you, God, and teach them how to draw close to you. Lord, I pray that you would have your hand over the listener, that they would become your friends so that when we go up to heaven, God, you would say to them, I know you, come into the gate. Lord, may your glory be done unto us this week. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, what an amazing episode. I'll talk to you guys possibly next week. Get godly with it. Bye.